0: Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Well, hey, uh, my name's Doug, if we've not met before, and this is Ethel Walgamuth. And who's cuter? Who's cuter? Come on, you all know the answer, right? Uh, Shout out to Winston and Amanda, mom and dad, for letting me borrow her as a prop for a few minutes. Coincidentally, Ethel, just like the other week, I was out in Nebraska with your grandpa and your grandma, and got to spend a couple hours in the combine with your grandfather and my wife Denise, uh, with your dad's cousin, and your grandmother told me she has a really mean army crawl. Uh, we all want to see that later on, that, that's for sure. Uh, but here's my question for Ethel, and eight months old, yes, yes? And which of these are more appropriate food for her right now, being eight months old? Do you think she's ready for the cold brew Starbucks? Uh, You know, with some foam on top, maybe it's prune juice. Uh, uh, We got maybe a little bit of maybe an applesauce mixture here, a a ginger ale. Or is she more still milk-based? What do you think is right for Ethel at this time? Yeah, you're all saying milk. Uh, She's doing some cereal. Not quite at that phase of uh, grabbing Cheerios and stuffing it in her mouth, but mom and dad feeding her. And the beautiful thing is milk is appropriate for her, right? Milk is the appropriate um, choice at this time, but it won't always be. You know, Winston and me don't want her on milk forever. Uh, there's going to be time where not only is she advancing to more and more foods, you know, pizza's in her future, uh, maybe spicy foods are in her future, but it's not going to happen really quick, is it? It's going to take some time. It's going to take growth. It's going to take maturity. And that's all natural. It's all natural for her. It's part of the developmental process. And not only that, there's going to be a time where mom and dad don't have to feed her anymore or even prepare her meals for her anymore, right? Uh, Maybe um, someday she will be on MasterChef Jr., uh, shout out to my wife. She's addicted to that show. She will binge watch that show. Or maybe it's going to be she's just going to be making jello. Either way, it's a win, right? Uh, because she will grow, she will develop, she will mature. She'll be eating and drinking whatever she wants as she grows up and preparing food herself. It's just healthy to grow and to mature and to develop and become self feeders, right? We get that. But the reality is, it's the same for all of our spiritual growth. Uh, All of us started off our journeys uh, more as spiritual infants. We were spiritual babies. We had limited knowledge. We had limited experience following God. And and I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say before, um, they're not being fed. Uh, But whenever my job as a pastor, if somebody tells me they're not being fed, I have one job, and that is simply not to laugh. Not to laugh. Because when somebody says they're not being fed, what are they saying about themselves? They're saying, I'm a baby. They're saying, I'm an infant. I'm not probably even a toddler yet. I need someone to spiritually feed me. But that's not what the discipleship process is like. There comes a time where you can grow, mature, and develop yourself. You're a self-feeder. You gain just not knowledge, but you gain experience as you follow and walk with Jesus throughout life. And just like we love our kids and we pour into them and we want to see them grow and develop, we want to see other brothers and sisters in Christ grow and develop at the appropriate level. Consuming the appropriate things. That's why we are so all in, man. Resources, personnel, volunteers, in the children's ministry and in the student ministry because we are doing the appropriate thing at the appropriate level of development. And we're in this book of Hebrews and we've been working our way through and we get to this rather tough passage. And man, the preacher, uh, he doesn't hold back. Uh, The preacher is calling out his congregation to grow up. And, and, you know, it starts out pretty rough. Uh, He basically is calling them all like a bunch of, like, spiritual babies uh, that they can't handle anything else, uh, that they've stopped growing, that they've even regressed. They've went the wrong direction. And in chapter 5, verse 11, the preacher says this, there's much more. There's so much more that we would love to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Can anybody swing that as a compliment, right? Can anybody say, oh, that, that, the, he's building them up. No, 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 This is just like, whoa, come on. You're spiritually dull. You don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now. In other words, they're not new. They, they shouldn't be babies anymore. They shouldn't be infants. They shouldn't be toddlers. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. And the preacher calls them out and he says, come on, let's grow up already. I mean, that would be a hard sermon to preach. I don't know if I'm like, I'm probably too diplomatic to even preach that sermon and be that direct, but man, he just calls them out but one of the beautiful things throughout this passage that we're going to cover this morning that we see again and again are these different marks of spiritual maturity and if you've ever asked the question am i growing up am i maturing am i developing as a follower of jesus there's some great marks for you to look at and we see one of them right here one of the clues that we get right away is spiritually mature individuals teach others In other words, it's no longer just about you. It doesn't mean you stop developing, you stop learning, you stop growing. But, man, it's about other people. And you're doing this at all different levels. Some of you, man, you're all in. You're teaching kids or you're teaching students or you're facilitating a small group. Some of you are naturally, just naturally doing this with your families, kids of all different ages, Your spouses, your peers, some of you are doing this in just those one-on-one on one one or a few times where you get together with other people and you are just intentionally developing, pouring into, helping them to grow. See, and you get this. You get the part of spiritual development of no longer being a spiritual infant or a baby is that you pour into other people. And the preacher's not done. He's not done with the hard stuff. As a matter of fact, he just digs in and he goes on. And he says, instead, instead of being able to, instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who are, through training, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And once again, you can't take this as a compliment, right? All you can do spiritually is you can handle the milk. Nothing else, nothing else. All you can do is handle milk. It shouldn't be that way, he tells his congregation. You should be able to handle so much more. But we need to go back to the basics again and again because you're just not growing. You're not maturing at a healthy rate. As a matter of fact, if you had to paraphrase this passage, you simply might say you're all just a bunch of babies. That's what the preacher what the author is saying to his congregation. Rick Warren talks about spiritual maturity like this. He says, spiritual maturity is neither instant or automatic. It is a gradual, progressive development that will take the rest of your life. And I hope you get this about the discipleship journey, about spiritual development and formation and growth and maturity. None of us can say, you know what? Been there, done that. I know everything everything there is to know about God. I've experienced everything in the life of faith. I have no more growing to do. See, growth is a lifelong process, and rarely is it automatic. Usually, it takes a decent amount of intentionality on our part. Back when we were first married, A phase I was thinking about recently that I just totally forgot about. Back when we were first married, we had an aquarium phase. Just loved aquariums, like those cool-looking fish, dreamed about the day of maybe getting a saltwater tank. There was just one problem. We were absolutely horrible at it. I mean, we tried, but we had the kind of fish, like, you know, obviously it was our fault, not their fault. We would take the lid off the tank, and they would jump out of the tank. I mean, it was that bad, and they would just, like, die. And, you know, you'd buy, like, a $12 fish and then another $12 fish, and they just kept dying, and then you're buying, like, a $1.50 fish and a $1.50 fish. But, you know, it just didn't work for us. But always loved aquariums and thought someday that bigger salt water aquarium, and we would actually go to those kind of stores. I remember in New York going to this one store, and they had, like, sharks for your aquarium. And I'm like, how on earth do you have a shark in your aquarium? And the guy's like this. You know, if they're in a smaller environment, they can be 10 years old, fully developed, and they are only, you know, 5 to 14 inches long. Same shark in a different environment. Out in the open wide ocean. Eight feet long. But in a smaller, condensed, contained environment. Fully sure, but not really grown up. Have you ever met any of those incredibly cute six-inch Christians? They've just been swimming in Christian circles, playing it safe. They've been Jesus followers, not just for years, but maybe for decade upon decade upon decade upon decade. They're just still babies. They're just still so immature. They're not putting into practice the things that they know that they've learned. They're not living out a life of faith, of following Jesus. But you take them out of that safe environment, you put them out into the real world, and man, growth happens. We're all in and following Jesus and applying the things that we already know and just living out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Growth will happen, mature into all that we were meant to be. Did you catch in that passage that other clue, that mark of spiritual maturity, what the preacher says? He says, spiritually mature individuals consistently distinguish between right and wrong and good and evil. Sure, Jesus followers can distinguish between right and wrong and good and evil. Not based on what their news outlet of choice says. Not based on the country that they were raised in. Not based on what their emotions or whatever thinks or says. Based fully on who Jesus is what he has taught, and the life that he has modeled. Come on, apply this to our current culture. I mean, you need to be a lot of things, but if you're not spiritually mature, can you call out what is right and wrong in your own political party? It's easy to call it out in the other political party. but spiritually mature people can see right and wrong and good and evil even in the midst of the things that they might be loved or committed to. They're willing to speak up. A spiritually mature person is willing to speak out. It's always easy to be silent. It's safe, it's comfortable, it's nice. We get to be six-inch and sharks and just be quiet. But a spiritually mature individual, easily see the difference between right and wrong, between good and evil, and they're willing to call it out in themselves and speak the truth and love to those around them that they care about and in the world in which they live. And the preacher, he goes on, he goes on to talk about spiritual maturity, and he says it like this. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Instead, let us go on and become mature individuals in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Moving further to further understanding. See, being mature in our understanding means living it out. Not just knowing it, but living it out. Man, if it was all about knowledge, all we would ever have to do is just focus on knowledge transfer. Man, you would just be memorizing Bible verses left and right, which is great, but that's all you'd ever have to do. But maturity, understanding is living out what you already know. And here's another clue about spiritual maturity. Spiritually mature individuals understand and practice the basics of following Jesus. So let's just flesh this out a little bit. If you were going to think about what are some of the basics of following Jesus, and then you'd develop probably a long list really quick. But let's say that you went back to the cross. You went back to Jesus' death and resurrection. And you'd be like, well, obviously a part, a key thing is forgiveness because, man, Jesus died for our sins to forgive us of our sins. You know it. But to live out of that forgiveness that God has forgiven you of all your wrong, all your mess-ups, faults, and failures and sins. Living out of that forgiveness, man, that, that's something that takes maturity. Understanding that forgiveness is essential as a Jesus follower. And being able to forgive the people that have harmed you or hurt you or cursed you or caused you pain Here's a tough one for some of us. Living out of the ability to be able to forgive yourself. You keep beating yourself up over and over and limiting yourself because of things that are a part of your past. But mature individuals, mature followers of Jesus, get that and they live out of that forgiveness. Well, let's say, let's stay at the cross. Well, something else is important. Jesus' death and resurrection, man, what an act of love man for god so loved the entire world everyone what an act of love we get that but don't we need to continue to grow in our living out of the understanding of that love continue to grow and mature in our ability to love god and to love others love others who aren't just like us who don't just think like us, act like us, or look like us. Man, but to even be able to love our enemies, that's a mark of spiritual maturity to live out of the understanding that we have. And the way that we grasp and live out sacrificial love. And the way that we grasp and live out how we view the world and the people around us. Those are all marks of spiritual maturity. Man, the preacher's just going on, he's like, you have so much potential. You have so much potential in Jesus. There's, you can't even begin to dream or imagine all the things he wants to do in you and through you and around you. Let's just grow up and let's just live it out. Verses 4 to 6, he takes a little bit of a detour, but back at verse 7, he comes back in and he illustrates what he's talking about with this. He says, when the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Now, let's just clarify what's going on here. Let me ask you a question. Who is the farmer in this illustration? It's God. It's God. And who is the field in this illustration? Yeah, you and I, we're the field. And it's this incredibly direct teaching of the preacher about spiritual maturity. And here's another mark of it that we know. Spiritually mature individuals produce fruit. Complete these sentences for me. It is not a trick question. A healthy wheat field produces wheat. A healthy corn field produces corn. And a healthy disciple produces disciples. Yeah, you give this. You live this act. Let's go back to the combine time that I was talking about earlier. Denise and I were both a couple hours separately in these combines, and afterwards we were comparing notes. And here was a commonality for both of us. Both of our drivers continuously apologized for the field. Now this is what's hilarious. They had absolutely no control over the conditions, right? There's this drought which made things really bad. They have no control over that. And you and I being the field and God being the farmer, if you've never got this before, he doesn't control us. It is that freedom of choice. You and I have a decision to make as we follow Jesus. Are we going to produce fruit? Are we going to live out the life of faith? Because, man, there's a bunch of just those six-inch baby Christians who are decades in the making who actively choose to be disobedient. You don't see a lot of fruit in their life. You don't see them producing or other disciples. There's so much fruit that you and I were designed to produce, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. So many other things that you and I were designed to produce as we follow Jesus. And producing disciples is one of them. Reproduction is essential. Crossroads, we we say our mission statement is very simple. Make disciples. Two words, make disciples. If you need it to be a longer sentence, it's simply this. Make disciples that make disciples. You need more information? We make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. You get how it goes. Obedient to Jesus' great commission, to make disciples and his great commandment to love God and those around us. Oswald Chambers says it like this. He says, spiritual maturity is not reached by the passing of the years, but by obedience to the will of God. Some people mature into an understanding of God's will more quickly than others because they obey more readily. They're more readily; they'll more readily sacrifice the life of nature to the will of God. Obedience is key. So often we think we, I just need more knowledge. I need like another Bible study, another commentary. I just need, you know, more knowledge. And the truth is, we just need to live out of the knowledge that we have. Sometimes our excuses: I just need more faith. If I just had more faith you got the faith of a mustard seed, right? You just need to live out of the faith that you have. Jesus never said, now that you know these things, you are blessed. Jesus said, you will be blessed if you do them. See, maturity is so much more about doing and being than it is about knowing. You can go to Bible college for four years, go to seminary for another three years. You can have all this knowledge, but you can still be so incredibly immature because you're just not living out your faith. And then the author, the preacher, he goes on. And I just love this diplomatic swing because, man, he hasn't held back, right? He's just like been all out there. But then this is just brilliant. This is just bloody brilliant. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. That's a great recovery. I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, We are confident that you are meant for better things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him. And how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Now I think this is another great reminder. So often we forget the importance of caring for others. One of those other marks of spiritual maturity that we find in this passage is that spiritually mature individuals care for others those that are in your circles those to the ends of the earth those that are your family those that are not those that are like you those that are not spiritually mature individuals care for others it's another one of those signs of growth of maturity a man in a world where it seems like so many people are self-obsessed or it's all about what they think or what they think is right, and they only want to be with people that are like them or think like them or look like them. Caring for others stands out, it makes us shine for Jesus. Love how Mark Batterson talks about spiritual maturity. He says, To me, growing into spiritual maturity is becoming less self conscious and more. God-conscious. Do you get that? We start to see the word on the people around us from God's perspective, not just from our own. How does God view this individual, or how does God view this situation? How would God like me to interact with this individual or interact with this situation? Then the preacher wraps up with one last mark of spiritual maturity, one last exhortation to live out our faith. This is the heart of the preacher. If you're making your way the entire way throughout Hebrews and you're looking for the heart of the author, the heart of the preacher, this is where it's revealed. Because you can replace that word with R with my, Right? My great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Let me just pause there. Does anybody want to become spiritually dull and indifferent? We'd all say no. No. Here's a risk. If you have adult children, ask them if they they think you're spiritually dull and indifferent, right? If they'd be honest with you in answering that question. We don't want that. The preacher doesn't want that. Nobody wants that for their lives. Instead, instead of being spiritually dull and indifferent, instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and their endurance. And there's our last mark of spiritual maturity. Here's what we see. Spiritually mature individuals love others. Love is the foundation. It's the big word. You want to summarize the great commandment in one word? It's love. You want to explain why on earth Jesus would send his one and only son to die a horrendous death? The one-word answer to that is love. When Jesus demonstrates and teaches and then tells us how to go and interact with one another and the world around us, it is that one word, it is love. It comes back again and again and again. So come on, so many of you, you're dueling all of these things. Man, you have all the marks of spiritual maturity. Man, it is evident in your life. And my encouragement to you is just simply keep up the great work. Don't stop. It's easy to coast. It's easy to just become indifferent or dull. It is almost natural. But as we faithfully follow Jesus day in and day out, and we apply what we learn and what we know in our experience and interacting with others, interacting with God, It's how we grow. It's how we mature. It's how we get off of milk and eventually make our way to Starbucks, right? Make it so. Make it so. Online or if you're here in person, uh, you probably have a response that might look like this. We covered so much. I mean, this passage is just so packed with stuff. But we're never done growing. We're never done growing. It's the Holy Spirit nudging you today. It just maybe in one of these areas. To me, he's saying, Doug, there's room for growth. He's always telling me there's room for growth. I'm a lifelong learner, a lifelong grower, a lifelong follower and disciple of Jesus Christ. But if there's an area you'd like to grow, in, would you just name that? If God's just nudging you in that direction, would you just name that? I'd love to pray for you this week as you continue to grow and mature in that area. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we get to grow in you. I want to just pray for anyone that's sitting here and they just feel lukewarm, dull and indifferent spiritually. May today be a wake-up call. May it be time just to leave the basic teachings behind to not just focus on knowledge but to live out our understanding the way the preacher the author of hebrews encourages us to do result of this isn't just for our own good or our own glory man the result of living out our faith of continuously growing and representing jesus well is all to the glory of jesus our heavenly father it's all by the empowerment of the holy spirit It's all for the opportunities to expand his kingdom, to bring a little bit of heaven down to earth, to make his character known to a world that is dark and hurting and broken. It's an opportunity to bring light into darkness. It's increased opportunities to speak truth and love the world around us that needs to hear about the love of God. So may you stretch us. We know it won't always be easy. It won't always be natural. But for those of us that are feeling more like a 10-year-old six-inch shark, release us into the world to grow into the men and women of God that you desire us to be develop that heart and that character in us. May we become more and more spiritually mature with each and every passing year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at CRBIC.org That's CRBIC.org